is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. I am JD Smith. He is Derek Smith. And oh man, we had a good weekend watching the race cars filtering through the cacti, didn't we, Derek? Absolutely. And on the dirt track at the Rev down in Monroe, Louisiana, with the World of Outlaws. And not to mention those uh, those hoity toity gentlemen over then Formula One. Uh, oh, they were testing. They were, yeah. yeah they were they testing were. this this uh, weekend, and we got a lot of close ups on a lot of uh, random parts sticking off the car. They were all excited about. Um, I'm just excited that we're watching race cars. We're full, like we're fully in it, man. There was there was tons of like short track stuff this weekend. Uh, there was all kinds, like all across whatever you're into. I think NHRA was going on in Gainesville, like. Everyone's de- yeah, everyone's getting crazy, going. Uh, was it Pro Mods? Uh, there's a crazy crash. A guy came across the, uh, the the his lane into another car. A collision wreck at a drag race. Yeah, uh, man, you don't see it every so day. That was insane. Yeah, uh, we have an uncle who drag races locally in the NHRA circuit, and um, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that you don't usually see contact wrecks in that in that yeah. side of the discipline of the sport but shout out to gary varney rocking his thunderbird out yeah, there gary yeah varney our guy getting it done. Yeah. cousin gary yeah cousin gary yeah. been doing it for years yeah for sure man we have tons of respect for the drag racing people just don't know much about it it's not just, our yeah, deal we but just don't know much about it so, quite honestly we don't want to pretend like we do yeah but let's but get we'll it. go out and watch racing anytime absolutely i i actually do want to go to an nhr event i've nhra event i've never been to one but we got to do it um, yep. Here's here's what we're going to talk about today on the show. We have got plenty of Phoenix discussion for you. Uh, MTJ getting it done in the Cup Series. We'll talk about a lot of stuff from that race. We will talk some Xfinity as well. Uh, IndyCar, the driver list seems pretty much set. So we'll run down who's where and get you ready. We're about a month away from IndyCar, so it's time to start. As we said, everybody else is running. IndyCar's not quite there yet. This would have been their starting weekend or right around this time would have been their start, but... That's okay. We'll get you previewed on where they are. Uh, also, a husband and wife going to run in the truck series. And believe it or not, it's not the first time it's happened in NASCAR history. And it's not even close to being like, well, okay, is it the second time? No, there's been like 50 <laughs> plus races where this has happened. So we'll discuss that. And the best racing on the planet right now might just be in the world of outlaws. All of that and more coming up on the show today. So uh, let's get into it because we got yeah. we got to get to everything this week. Next week. You got Sebring, you got Atlanta. I am excited about those tracks for the IMSA series. Yeah. Glad to see IMSA getting back. So yeah, we we're we are excited about all of it coming up, man. The Southeast is where it's happening next week. I it tell you, man. I racing. tell you. I actually I don't think I'm gonna do it, but I had looked at getting tickets to go down to Atlanta because <laughs> no, seriously, because the because the kids were uh you know, they want to go to a race. They haven't been to one in over a year. My oldest two girls love going to these races. And I thought, let's go to a doubleheader. Let's go to the Truck Series and Xfinity Saturday at Atlanta. I thought that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, still may do it. I don't think I will, but maybe I'll change my mind. I'm looking at the weather, all these other things. But when I called them, they said, we've got tickets available for you in uh, uh, Upper Earnhardt, I think is one of the sections. They're all named after, you know, former champions. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The tickets, the other tickets I was looking at were in Lower Johnson. So <laughs> that's uh, that's oh, man. you know I don't I don't know if I can go Lower Johnson or Upper Johnson. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I don't know if it'd be better if it was Lower Jimmy or Upper Jimmy. I'm not really too sure about all that. But I mean uh, that that all just sounds just you know the same. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't sound maybe right. The, uh, doesn't sound right. Know, maybe the Lower Legend 
Yeah, I mean, or maybe certain. lower. Anytime you can say lower anything. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's we're, not we're, good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just not the. It's not the same. I, I agree with you. Just call, it's just call it the Petty Tower, the Johnson Tower. <laughs> sure. Well, that one's <laughs> not <any> better. But. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let, let's get off Johnson. All right. No, there's no way to do this. Let's just move on to Phoenix. Let's talk about what happened to Phoenix. Okay. Uh, in the Cup Series, MTJ is your winner. He uh, mm -hmm. was pretty dominant all day as far as his car being really good. And that was after he smacked the wall. Well, scraped the wall. I shouldn't say smacked it early on in the race. Uh, but his car was really dialed in. He was he was good all day. And Martin Truex Jr., especially on those long runs, I didn't think he was going to you know be able to get it done given that they only had like 25 laps, 28 laps when they had the final caution or what ended up being the final caution. So mm -hmm. it turned out it didn't matter. He he found a way on the restart, got past Joey Logano, and he was off and gone. So that's his first win of the season. After only having one win last year, could MTJ be back as uh, one of the title contenders, Derek? What do you think? I think he is, he's one of the my, my drivers that I just – I don't. it's not that I don't respect him. I do. I just don't ever value him as a threat for a championship. Um, even at, even though he's won one, right? Right. Um, even though he's with Joe Gibbs, which is a powerhouse organization, I just don't look at him as when I think of Martin Truex Jr. I don't think perennial threat for champion. I just look at him as a good driver, and he has the tool sets to go to rattle off five six wins a year, win a championship, be in that final four, and and be on the on the on the last step or the top step, I should say, at the end of the season. And he proved that today with the way he drove. His team was flawless, and uh, he muscled out a win today at Phoenix. Um, but I just—he's one of those drivers that I always have to remind myself, man. Martin Truex is super good. Like Logano and Keselowski are always top ten. Hamlin's always top ten. Chase is starting to get that way, but he's had a little slow start to the season. But Truex is one of those guys that's also there, always top ten, pretty much. So yeah. Um, He's he's a threat for sure for the championship, and it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. Can I just say to see one of the big the big dogs getting on the get on the win? But because I mean, if if you walked out there today, I mean, I, I'd be sitting here doing this podcast drunk and naked if if uh, Bubba Wallace had pulled off the win from the pull, from the <laughs> uh, last restart there. Yeah, but or one of the last restarts I should say. But if that was the case, um, I mean, it's just it's just nice though to see. Okay, like we can have some consistency of like, okay, we know uh, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr. These guys are going to start rattling off wins. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. Right. Um, that's going to also be nice for fans like myself who like drivers that are in that 16th, 15th, 14th ranking. You're hoping that they don't get pushed out by the Michael McDowell's of the world, uh, get collecting more wins. So uh, it's good for the, the sport, I think, to see Martin Truex Jr. get the win today is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's well-deserved. Well yeah, deserved. well, and I think it's interesting because we, we talked a few weeks ago in your absence about, or I talked about, power ranking like the Ford teams. And yeah. I'm not always a huge fan of power rankings. I know some some places they do it every week and good for them. Um, but like if we were to, before this weekend, power rank the Gibbs cars, you know, mm -hmm. I would have probably had Denny Hamlin one and Christopher Bell two. Mm -hmm. Just because Chris Bell's won a race, you know, yep. and then MTJ third, um, and and Kyle Busch would have been probably back and forth, and still would which be right now, which is a whole other story. It's, it's dude, insane. it's going on two years now of this. I mean, last year I obviously know, well, it was terrible, thing. and this year same deal. But I'm just saying with Truex, 
this year, you know, I would have also kind of been down on him a little bit at first, given how the season kind of started off, but he's been consistent. He's been right up there. He's just quiet. He's kind of been like Kevin Harvick doing it, where Harvick's been up there and rolling off top fives, top sixes, and we're not really talking much about him. And then he'll pop up and win a race, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, Kevin Harvick's like right there in the top three, mm-hmm. like he usually is. And MTJ right now is is top of the heap and got the win, but it, it was certainly not – I'm saying I was probably wrong in how I was power ranking those guys because mm-hmm. MTJ has been just as good as anybody to start the season, and now he's got a win to back that up. Yep, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's one of those things that I just think that Joe Gibbs Racing uh, is going to be the team to beat this year. Um, yeah. They've already. I mean, not just saying that because they have the two wins already, but uh, Denny Hamlin to me is the championship favorite. Um, I can't even remember if I picked him. I think I did to win the championship. Um, but Kyle Busch is going to turn it on at some point or, I mean, that is the worst place to be in NASCAR. I think not the worst place, but the most pressure filled place to be in NASCAR is the fourth seat at Gibbs because yeah. they don't hold on to people that long. If you're in that fourth spot for two seasons in a row, like Eric Jones was see ya. Yeah. Gone. But that's a little different when you got a couple, I mean, Truex and Kyle Busch are both champions. I mean, that's right. also a tough, I think that's a little different than Eric Jones who really never, yeah, I, I would think Joe Gibbs might reward performance previously based right. on that as opposed to, well, you never won a championship for me. You were the young driver. I think Christopher Bell obviously benefits greatly from you know getting that win mm-hmm. early on this season to now Especially because they can there, focus in. There, there's this young man named Ty Gibbs that is – lighting the world on fire well, we will be talking driving. more about uh, young ty gibbs because <laughs> but i mean for sure he's been great that's what i'm saying is that you have coach gibbs who is used to next man up he hasn't well but but, stable of but i'm saying i think this is a little different right denny hamlin has clearly been as good as anyone over the last three years in in yes. nascar right okay yes. so he's clearly he's established safe. he's safe yes right yep. Kyle Busch is a former champion, and he's not having the performance right now. But you can't think he's that the that's most recent unlikely. champion on that team. Sure, and then you got so MTJ, who j- who has just, just won a won. race, <laughs> and Christopher Bell has also just won this season. So right, but th- there's I don't think like, anybody's in danger right now. Is what I'm telling you. Not, I think those seats are all year. good yes, this year. Yes, those four seats will be the same for the next year. I'm simply stating that come 2022 in June of 2022 which we're like 14 months away from that, there will be someone that is going to start being on the outside looking in at Gibbs. Well, we'll get there when we get to June of 2022. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I think that that, to me, like, even with, like, just knowing Gibbs' track record, it's either going to be Bell or it's going to be Truex, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, we but couldn't we do that with every team? Couldn't we be like, well, we, Penske in three years will well, yeah, Joey Logano like, still be, you know, it's like we could do that with everybody. Just, well, that's but, the thing with, with, with Penske, you know, Joey Logano's he's the guy, you know, with, yeah, Hendrick, I mean, you, you know, know, Chase is the guy. I'm yeah, just saying, I, but I would think right now, all those guys with Gibbs, Kyle Bush is the only one that you'd feel like this year, the performance hasn't been there. Well, 18 months has been there, mm-hmm. but he's Kyle F and Bush. I mean, I don't think he's in they any don't, danger. They don't either. say he's Denny F and Hamlin. They don't say he's <laughs> it doesn't uh, need to be there, Eric right? F and Almarola. They don't say that. <laughs> don't they put Eric Almarola in with all these other guys. Come on, what are you doing? No I offense to it. Mr. Smithfield Bacon. I just can't uh I can't get there yet. He's he's not in that class, no doubt. Uh one other thing MTJ said was he said Michael you know, bleeping McDowell. Okay. Michael frickin' McDowell. Michael frickin' McDowell. <laughs> 
That's what we got. We got to make it safe. Michael, make it safe Michael frickin' McDowell and William Gosh Michael, Darn Byron. Billy Gosh Michael Darn Gosh Byron. Darn it McDowell. That's right. Um, the practice and qualifying for fans, MTJ had a statement about that after in the post-race where he said, you know, we're, we're glad to see all the fans. We hope to see more of you guys. We miss having practice and qualifying, which I haven't heard really much of the NASCAR guys talk about from the standpoint of for the fans. Like, I've heard plenty of guys complain for themselves. Like, I wish we had practice. I need it. We we just talked to Quinn Hauff last week, how he said it would be mm -hmm. much better if they had practice for younger guys like him who are still learning some of these tracks and, and learning how to drive with these cars at these tracks. But yeah. um, put that up as a question on our Twitter, not knowing MTJ was going to say that, of course, this week. Uh, do you miss NASCAR practice and qualifying? 61.8% of you said, yep. 38.2% said, nope. And I've, I actually am surprised it was that high, that we had a third of people who responded, more than a third, say, yeah, I don't really care. I don't need to, I don't need to watch it. I will say this. I think, like, for me as a fan, it's one of the more underrated ways to, like, sneak in and watch all this stuff and not have to pay a ton of money, especially when you have kids if you got people that are in your life that are just like there for the party, not so much there for the racing, like go to the truck race, go to the Xfinity race on the day, you know, they're going to have practice and qualifying when they did those things and they'll do them some races this year. That's, that's what I would say is those weekends, like at road America, go up mm -hmm. and watch the Xfinity series. I think they're going there. Either them or the yep. trucks one are going there, but you know, go there and watch that race, get to see an actual race and then watch the cup guys running laps and you'll get to see all your favorite drivers out there you get all the pictures you want of all that stuff and you get to experience what those cup cars are like in real life but then you don't have to deal with all the extra crowd you're going to have on the sunday you don't have to deal with all the extra ticket prices you're going to have and if you're taking mm -hmm. kids or if you're taking friends who are just in it for the party that's really not a bad way to do it no it's not and and that's why i think it's it, it's beneficial to have the practices and have the qualifying and have these these ways i remember going to kentucky with my pregnant wife um because we were in cincinnati for the weekend for something i said hey they're running kentucky let's just go and see if we can find a way to watch the you know watch the race yeah. watch the practice yeah and it was xfinity practice because travis pastrano was was riding that year <laughs> oh yeah 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 sure and we just walked around talked to enough people and said hey do you got you got tickets to the practice and yep. sure enough, someone's like, "Oh yeah, I got extra tickets. You want to go? We're not. We're just going to drink beers out here in the parking yeah, lot." Yeah, right. And and you, you, so we went down, saw all the merchandise. We parked for free. Saw all the got all you know went loaded up on some merch. Watched, you're you're we so watched, right. We about watched that. cup. We watched cup practice and Xfinity qualifying for free. Yeah, yeah. And there was no one in the stands really. All right, so let's look at the rest of the top ten here. Like we said, Martin Truex Jr. got the win. Joey Logano was second. Denny Hamlin third. Brad Keselowski fourth. Chase Elliott fifth. Harvick sixth. Larson seventh. Bill Byron, eighth, Christopher Bell, number nine, and Ryan Blaney with the top 10. Uh, so starting to build some speed back into those cars. All those guys, by the way, that are in the top 10, uh, I don't think that's the exact order, but they're all also top 10 in points right now. So, uh, yeah, mm. this is starting to show up a little bit as to, you know, these consistent finishes. Now that we got a few, you know, Vegas, Homestead, Phoenix, these are tracks where it's not going to be lucky that you're running top 10 at those places. And a guy we haven't talked, well, I shouldn't say we haven't talked about him. We haven't talked about him as much as I thought we would. Bubba Wallace today, for much of the day, had a top 10 car and was running really well at Phoenix. He is pretty good at short tracks, and I do think that's something that with better equipment, which he's definitely in now, 
Um, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see him running more top 10, top 15 the rest of the way. Uh, I do think he's going to have to start being a consistent top 10 finisher to have a chance to make a spot in the playoffs. He's not there right now. But what did you think about his you know, drive for most of the day? And then we could talk about the pit strategy that screwed him over at the end. Yeah, well, his drive was something that I was pretty excited to see and as being a, being a fan. And I was pumped to see him with 46 to go or whatever stay out, which I thought was a prudent move because he came in. He had seven he, laps he was, on his was, tires, which is is a, it's a yeah, decent amount, but it's not like having was, fifty laps he, on your tires. He had he had been out longer than anyone else. It, he was cycling up to where he was in the lead coming in, so he was like the last batch of lead lap cars getting their tires. So he had the freshest tires of the guys that just had pitted. Yeah. So a bold move, and the idea is that you know cautions breed cautions. So if you had a chance to where you go three laps and boom there was a wreck, um, there's a chance that you could be sixth or eighth coming in and getting four fresh tires and boom now you got a chance to get a top five finish right i think that was a bold move where it went wrong was the lane choice i think you, <sighs> i, I think you i'm with you i don't know why they chose the inside. His spotter someone chose wrong there that was the bad move to be on the bottom because you're at phoenix you're going to get three cars below you and that's i think what happened there is he at least had one or two cars going south of him and put him right in the middle so yeah. um that's something that i was disappointed about uh, but also, too, once you get shuffled back in there, I mean, you're on older tires and you're running mid, you know, top 15. I mean, it's it, it to me, it's a it's a it's a bold move and I like bold moves and they just didn't pay out. So, yeah, it was so good. This, this whole I'll tell you what, though, the, is, that whole I'm thing about the caution whole year that he's that he's in a place where he's well, it's a long term plan for Bubba Wallace. So I'm just happy that he's there. Honestly, this year, everything else is gravy. But it was pretty cool to see that 23 car run a top top on the on the pylon today and i just hoped it would have resulted in a top five but it didn't move on well but the caution the the caution strategy actually did happen because if he had chosen the right lane i don't know how i don't know what happens there right because you saw guys choose that top lane and you know it still didn't work out for him so um but but in either case I, i if he stays up top there's a chance that he hooks up quicker maybe he doesn't maybe he's in the top five and then when they did have that caution, right, guys all mm-hmm. came in. And he could have maybe yeah. come out, you know, slightly better than he did. He ended up finishing 16th because he went back to, like, 15th. And then the caution came out, and then he came out about 15th or 16th, and that's where he was the rest of the day. So, yeah. And, and there was only, like, 20 laps to go when that happened. So, yeah. yeah, it really, if he'd have stuck with it or if he'd have gotten in the right lane, who knows? Who knows how it would have played out? But that's one that certainly I'm guessing they wish they had back. Um, yeah. let's talk about some of the other guys who had to drop back. Larson had to go back in the field, right? I think they failed inspection. I believe mm-hmm. Chase did too. In either mm-hmm. case, they both got speeding penalties. So multiple times for those guys having to pass a ton of cars. That's where I say they had a lot of speed. So what do you think out of this, you know, looking at the championship run in November, right? When they're going to have the final four here, it's the championship race. Larson was fast. Chase Elliott was fast. You expect those guys will have a good shot in the playoffs and possibly be in that final four. Obviously, Chase, the defending champion. Um, mm-hmm. Penske cars were fast here. Denny Hamlin was fast here. Obviously, we spoke about MTJ. Who else did you see that that maybe has a chance with, with the speed they had in the cars? Is there anyone else you can think of? Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be, honestly, for the championship, but I like the speed out of Bubba Wallace. I like the speed at the beginning of the day out of uh, Eric Jones. I mean, if you're looking for guys that are uh, outside that top 10, who's going to be fast there? Um, 
I think Eric Jones had a, he was turning my head a little bit as, with the top 10 speed that he had. Um, but if you're talking like contender contenders, I think to me, Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski, they were, they were always up in that mix top five most of the day. Uh, Kevin Harvick was snuck it, sneaking around there in the top six, top, ended up getting a, a sixth place finish there. But Larson, man, Larson was the the one that, if we're not careful, Larson's going to be the championship. Oh, champion he's he's got a real good <laughs> shot at it, man. He's he he is obviously we know how talented he is as a driver. We know what yeah. kind of equipment they are in. So yes, he's, I he's, think he's super like he's fun to watch. I mean, he got he got sideways a couple times, just no problem. Yeah. Bubba, Bubba actually. to actually Bubba got him, you know, nipped him pretty good going on the high well, side and. And and took the air well, off. Took his, his air, took yeah. his air off him. Yeah, that's he, what I'm saying. Took, took, took the air off his yeah. spoiler, and that and that caused him to start to go around, and he saved it. But yeah, man, good driver there. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Xfinity race. That was the uh, call eight one one before you dig two hundred presented by Arizona eight one one. Good lord, these names. Whatever. Hang on, another car just hit the wall. Hold on a second, we gotta check and see who did that. <laughs> well, welcome to the Xfinity series, man. And and by the way, I like it. I I don't like every wreck happening, but the truck series, the Xfinity series, you gotta learn. And those those are very different to drive than the Cup cars. And at least the Xfinity series, a lot of times there's less downforce on those cars. There's less of the tricks they can do to them. So yeah. I'm with it. I'm good with it, man. Like it's yeah, and it's kind of fun got to watch. A, uh, another driver that has given a double bird to Santina Ferrucci. <laughs> so there's that. Shout out We've to seen those plenty yeah. of times at Mid Ohio and other race car or sports car courses around the country, and now we're seeing him well in Indy Car. Well, and and when he was in Formula One and he wrecked his teammates. I mean, uh, Santina Ferrucci. <laughs> if you're not familiar with his history, look it up. He's uh, kind of pissed off a lot of people in his time. So no <laughs> shock that Josh Berry driving the Junior Motorsports ride. A uh, long-time late-model guy who Junior's given a shot to. He only gets, I think, 10 or 12 races in that 12. car this year. 12, 12. okay. Yeah. And so, you know, you can't blame him, right? He was having a solid run, really fast, as good as he's been in that car, and he gets taken out by Santino Ferrucci, and that's, at least in his mind, he got taken out, and he didn't feel good about it, so that led to the double birds. But it was it was not, like, subtle. It was it was Tony Stewart levels of uh, FU. It was... It was high on the on the FU charts, so that was it wasn't throwing a helmet, but I don't blame him for being mad. So yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, Santino I mean, Ferrucci got him. Spend your that was whole good. life getting this opportunity, your whole life running circle tracks around the southeast, yeah, to get twelve chances at the Xfinity Series with Dale Earnhardt he, Jr. being the guy writing the checks. I mean, it's right. it's you and know he, it's a big shot here. Yeah, and he's trying to be the next Ryan Priest. I mean, straight up, he's trying to be the, the next sh- short track ace that gets into the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. So for him to do that, there's not really seats open in you know that path that that Priest had. I mean, he's going to have to go essentially and unseat someone, and, and he's not going to be able to unseat a driver or even get a full-time ride at JRM. He's yeah. not going to be able to do that without getting sponsors or beating out a JRM full-time driver of yeah. Gregson or Algar. So... With that being the case, I mean, the pressure's on for him, and that's why you saw him blow up is because this is one of 12. Can't blame him. Gone. Can't blame yeah. him at all. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough deal for for him. So we hope that he gets a couple more chances and and can do you know something with those. I know he was doing something with it this time, and unfortunately it just ended up that he was on the wrong side of a, a bad accident. So there you go. Uh, let's talk about the guy at the top of the heap. No surprise, Austin Sendrick gets the W. 
Uh, of course, the class of the field last year, he's right back where he started this year. He's He's been rolling off wins, and yet again, Austin Sindrick gets it done. The story for me out of this race is that number two car, actually the number 54 car that finished second, that would be Ty Gibbs. Um, two races, an average finish of 1.5. <laughs> That's and that and he won and uh, he won the ARCA race the other night too there at Phoenix, right? Uh, I mean, yes, he did. Yes. He he, so he he had is... a billion restarts, but he he got the best of them on about every one of them. So, yeah. and I keep and, thinking, man, I keep thinking that this is like this is a guy who is there strictly because his last name is Gibbs. I mean, let's be. I mean, I, I don't mean to say that. Oh, sure. I mean, it's natural for people to thought. think of that. Well, yeah. but like we talked about before, and I'll bring it up again, right? Like Austin Sindrick's there because his last name's Sindrick. I mean, Tim yeah. Sindrick, his dad runs Penske Racing. At some point, Austin Sindrick is just really bleeping good. Yeah. And, I, and I don't mean any disrespect to the guy I'm about to bring up here. I know he just posted a thing about this and, you know, we totally are in support of people who are dealing with mental health issues and, and, you know, frustration and anger. And it's, it's a tough deal being in this sport, but look at Ty Dillon, you know, that guy is, he is right now at a point where he is struggling to hang on to his Xfinity gig and he wants to still be a race car driver. He is the grandson of one of the biggest names in NASCAR, Richard Childress, you know? So mm -hmm. this idea that just because you're someone famous as grandson, you're going to be in really good equipment. Well, yeah, you're going to be in it, but you have to make the most of those opportunities. And, you know, Ty Gibbs has been in some pretty good situations, but hasn't been able to, or not Ty Gibbs, sorry, Ty Dillon has been in some pretty good situations and just hasn't been able for whatever reason to make the most of them. I'm not trying to hammer him. I'm just saying there are guys who have had good equipment, you know, who didn't get to always deliver. And Ty Gibbs is in this situation, and in two races, he's been about as good as anyone in, on the track, not named mm -hmm. Austin Zendrick, who's the NASCAR Xfinity Series defending champion. So outside of and the defending champion, has, he's pretty good. Yeah. And he already has a Cup Series ride locked down for 2022. I mean... Cedric does. So, yes, right, yes, right. Cindric I was going to say, yes, we, so, I thought we were breaking I mean, news on Ty Gibbs. Does yeah, right, right. Ty Gibbs? <laughs> I, I'm just teasing. Not yet, but I'll tell but, you what, Ty Gibbs will for sure be running. I don't know if they're going to put him in trucks or Xfinity, but hell, man, he's as good as anybody right now running in Xfinity, wouldn't you say? Yeah. As far yeah, as I mean, he went to a weird short track in Phoenix and figured it out real quick there. And he went yeah. to the Daytona road course and figured that out. And we're... What is what, NASCAR going to? What are we talking they're about? Going, they're going <laughs> yes. to short tracks and road course racing. That's their that's a new huge a part. Yes, that's a huge that's part of what you got to do. Is completely not a cookie cutter, but that's their their bulk of their schedule is going to be short truck, short yep. tracks, and yep. road courses. So, if if a guy like Kyle Busch or a guy like Martin Truex Jr. or a guy like Christopher Bell can't hang there, where does Gibbs? You know, I I still think Denny Hamlin is the king over there. Unless here's well, don't worry. Chance. It's not time to talk yeah. about that, but it is time to talk about like, yeah, he's going to be running Xfinity Series probably next year, or the year after. Yeah, oh, for, next sure. Year for sure. Like I full, I'm saying full time competing for the yeah, championship. I mean, without with all due respect to Daniel Hemrick, I mean, if you're Joe Gibbs and you're looking at the results, oh yeah, do right. you say Daniel Hemrick? You know, maybe Daniel Hemrick can stay and bring the money to stay there, but do you say okay, that 18 car has Ty Gibbs written all over it? Yeah, I think it does. Sure, you know? sure. I think that's fair. Um, so it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on there. Also, let's run down real quick the rest of the top 10. How about this guy, Brandon Brown, getting a third-place finish in that that's 68 right. car? Excellent. Best finish for him in the Xfinity Series. Congrats to him. That's an awesome drive. 
Very happy for that that guy and that team. Uh, Riley Herbst was fourth. AJ Allmendinger got a top five out of it. Jeb Burton also in the college car uh, was six. Bailey Curry seventh. Justin Allgaier eighth. Brett Moffitt ninth for a truck series alum. And Jeremy Clements rounding out the top ten. Some really good names there, right? I mean, these are these are yeah. not the guys that Harrison Burtons uh, and Myatt Snyders yeah. and guys in a little bit better equipment. I mean, these some of those guys, Daniel Hemrick, like you said. I mean, these are guys that have been fighting for it for years. Some of them, and they're getting up there and getting top ten. That's very cool. Yeah, Brandon Brown, Jeremy Clements. Those are two you know family owned teams, pretty much that are really going to enjoy that check and that notoriety of top ten at Phoenix. So, I mean, it's a long haul to go out that far. And when you come out of the day with the top 10 makes it all that better. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. really cool finish I, for them. Yeah. And one thing I like about the Xfinity race, I like Daniel Suarez in the booth. Oh dude. Yeah. I, I meant to bring great. that up. Daniel Suarez was really good in the booth. Him, him and Joey, I thought together were pretty fun. Uh, there was something about, they said, <laughs> what was the thing where he did a segment in Spanish or he called a couple laps in Spanish and then uh, somebody had posted like, you know, that they fell in love with hearing him just speak Spanish on the NASCAR broadcast. And they had like a heart emoji or, a you know, heart eyes, googly eyes emoji. And then Logano had a line that was like, yeah, I, I get an emoji, too. But it's usually just a finger up in the air in my emojis. That's the only one I get <laughs> is the middle finger one. And that was I thought that was they had a good little chemistry going there. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Oh, so yeah. No, it's, I, I think that I think that's the, 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 the constant in this uh, conversation is Joey Logano. Joey Logano has been can, good in the booth. Compare him with anybody, and he's he's, he's been all. You know what? I think he does a pretty good job. Now he gets a little technical, which some people may not like, but he just he doesn't beat around all that and say like, "Well, guys, if you've never heard of this, there's a thing called drafting." No, he just kind of does it in his own way, where he's just like, "Oh yeah, a guy took the air off him on the back there, and if uh, yeah, he come around on the right side, take the air off him, he's just not going to turn." Like, all right, cool. I kind of like that. I mean, I don't know if yep. you need to call Daniel Suarez your amigo every five minutes, but. Other than that, I thought that was a little that was a little goofy. But other than that, all right, I, I like it. You're right though, Joey Logano, no. good in the booth. He's done actually a really good job in the booth. And say what you will about him on the track, off the track as a as a you know announcer, I don't mind him at all. Yeah, the only better combination at Phoenix would have been Michael McDowell and Daniel Suarez. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, oh, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Cup Series. Did you catch the Jeff Gordon Clint Boyer? Let's have some beers and talk it out about our trip to Phoenix, where we you know fought each other in that race did you see that no i oh uh, I, I, I don't know so our our dog is switching dog food and uh yeah i'm taking her out quite a bit oh okay days. well that's fine well <laughs> if you get a chance go look it up i'll try to find it and tweet it out from the stagger account at stagger podcast on twitter but that that video it's there it's like three minutes of them reliving that and then they for some reason had jamie mcmurray and larry mack wearing fire suits to represent those guys as so it's like a drunk history takeoff where they're talking about their own history. They're drunk. And then they had other people lip syncing some of what they said. I don't know. It felt weird. And then at one point, you know, you got like Jeff Gordon, like, I've always loved you, man. And Clint Boyer's like, what? Get the f out of here. Like, you, what do you mean you always love? What are you talking about? Like, it's just, it was very weird. I mean, I guess some people would find that endearing. I found it a little weird, but either way. Yeah. yeah go check well, it I out. Mean, Fo the Fox, the F and Fox is for forced. So. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Sometimes it is a little bit. I agree with you on that. Over the top and exaggerated. Box. All right, we're gonna just like Josh Barry to Santino Ferrucci. We're gonna flip the double bird to uh, to this segment. And we're gonna move on to something else because we have got IndyCar to talk about. 
Uh, seems like the driver's list is set. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about a husband and wife tandem racing together in the next few weeks. That'll be kind of cool. And the world of outlaws. Got to get into it because they've been awesome. We'll do all that next. You are listening to the Stacker Podcast. Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. Uh, let's talk IndyCar because we're about a month away from them getting the start. They are not starting in uh, Long Beach or Tampa or not not Long Beach. St. Pete is where they usually start, right? Tampa, St. Pete. Yep. Anyway, they're not doing that this year. They're starting at Barber Motorsports Park down in Birmingham or Leeds, Alabama. Um, that'll be on April, I think, 18th is that. Mm-hmm. So like I said, we're about a month away from that. But we're starting to get a solidified group of drivers here put together, uh, which I'm excited to hear because we love the IndyCar circuit here. We love talking IndyCar. We didn't get to do a bunch of it. I've actually been watching. I watched the Scott Dixon documentary that's on Netflix, which I didn't even realize was a thing. But if you've not watched that before, go check that out because they actually have him. They were doing this documentary when he wrecked at Indy a few years ago and ended up like two inches from you know, yeah. landing on his head on yeah. the inside retaining wall. And so just seeing like his wife and his kids and everybody kind of reacting to that, it, it really puts it into perspective just how much these guys go through. And then also how he was just like, but yeah, I'm going to keep racing because this is all I do. And his, and his wife's yeah. very supportive of that. Anyway, it just, we, we love Scott Dixon. He's a great driver. So if you ever want to see one of the, all, like imagine if they had followed AJ Foyt in his prime, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's where I put mm-hmm. Scott Dixon. He is, he is, you said that last year, and I kind of poo-pooed you, but I understand it now more. Like, Scott Dixon hasn't done all the other disciplines like A.J. Foyt did, but he's done quite a bit, right, in road yeah. racing and IMSA and all that, and obviously the IndyCar. I mean, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to see anyone touching his record when he's all said and done. Scott, so. badass Dixon, man. <laughs> not, everyone, not everyone is going to get a middle something as their nickname. We're not going to have, like, Kyle F. and Bush everywhere. We can't do that. Um, Scott badass Dixon Mr. Mid-Ohio yeah we'll, well for that for sure yeah, um, he is Mr. Mid-Ohio let's talk about here are the team lineups as we have it right now there are 20 confirmed full-time drivers uh for the IndyCar series this year here we go we'll run through them AJ Foyt they've got two of them number four car they're running Chevrolets this year Dalton Kellett in the number four number 14 is Sebastian Bourdais uh then you've got Andretti Autosport with four Hondas Colton Herta Alexander Rossi uh, Ryan Hunter Ray and James Hinchcliffe running under the Andretti Steinbrenner Autosport team. Yeah. So back at home at at Andretti. Good for yeah, him. good for Hinch. We love seeing that. Um, Aaron Arrow McLaren. They have got the number seven Chevrolet of Felix Rosenquist and Pato. Uh, yeah, Felix Rosenquist. I don't know why I said it that way. And the number five Chevrolet of Pato Award. So that is cool. Uh, Chip Ganassi has three Hondas, Marcus Erickson, number eight, number nine, that guy, Scott Dixon, we just talked about, and number 10, Alex Palou. Uh, Dale Coyne Racing with Vassar Sullivan, number 18, Honda with Ed Jones. Ed Carpenter Racing, number 21, Chevrolet with Renus VK, Myers Shank Racing out of Ohio. Number 60, Honda with Jack Harvey returning there. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, the 15 and the 30, both Hondas. 15 is Graham Ray Hall, the 30 is Takuma Sato. And uh, this Team Penske, I don't know if you've heard of them. They tend to mm. usually be pretty good. The uh, number two Chevrolet of Joseph Newgarden, number three Chevrolet of Scott McLaughlin, coming in hot and fresh from uh, the Sports V8 Supercar Series down in Australia. He out of New Zealand, just like Scott Dixon. 
uh, Will Power, the number 12 Chevrolet, and the number 22 Chevrolet of Simon Pagano. So there's yeah. also a Carlin Chevrolet number 59 yep. that's going to have a part-time, full-time kind of sort of deal with... Yeah, kind yeah. of like these three that I'm going to talk to you guys about. Yeah, Max Max the, Chilton will be possibly yeah. running the 13 road course and street course or the car uh, races there. And then what, Connor Daly's going to hop in the car for the other ones, I think? Well, they, that might be the case, but let's let's run down the ones that have a part-time, full-time, or two part-time drivers okay. to make up a full entry. Yes. So that's the number 48 at Chip Ganassi. It's a Honda driven by Jimmy Johnson, sponsored by Carvana. Uh, he's going to drive the 13 road and street courses, and Tony Kanaan is going to take on the four oval races. So that's kind of like your all-star lineup there. But, but wait, you just go to the 51 Honda of Dale Coyne Racing with Rick Ware Racing. Yep. And that's Romain Grosjean, who's going to be doing the 13 road course and, and street course races with Pietro Fittipaldi yep. doing the four oval races. So some some very nice last names there. And uh, obviously, Romain, we're so glad he's alive with us. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Bahrain. we're glad that he's alive. And then we're also glad that he's with us in IndyCar, right? Like, yes, I'm, exactly. I'm excited to see what he can yeah. do in this series, even though I know he won't be running for a championship. Yeah. But, you know, he's going to I I would. I would be curious to see how how long it takes him or how quickly yep. he and Jimmy Johnson are able to compete for top fives. Top Absolutely. Podium now, there's, finishes. One more, there's one more person in this category, too, uh, for a confirmed ride already. That's the 20 Chevrolet of Ed Carpenter Racing. So joining uh, the car, the 21 of Renus VK yeah. at Ed Carpenter Racing will be Connor Daly for the 13 road and street course races. Ed Carpenter, of course, is going to take over for the four ovals like he always does. But my God, have you seen Connor Daly? Click on that photo I just sent you. Okay. This I'm man clicking. is going to be, I mean, if you have not seen Connor Daly in 2021, do yourself a favor. I mean, he puts Jordan Taylor to shame, I think. And that's saying something with his <laughs> mullet. <laughs> yeah, Connor I mean, Daly's mullet is it's looking, it's looking fresh. This is a I this mean, is a big deal. This is fresh. This is, I mean. He is looking like like a king with his mullet. There's business to the front. There is a party in the back, and that party is, is who, leaking out. Though you can see it, like it's it's what what we're saying is it's a party that definitely continues to go on. Like he took the professional photo, the straight on headshot, and you can't oh, yeah. contain that mullet. It didn't get photoshopped out. It's definitely there, and yeah, yeah. it's it's glorious. So number uh, twenty in your in your spotter. Uh, card in your program, number one in your hearts, Absolutely. Connor Daly. Uh, oh, and, and he is going to be my driver. I'm pulling for this year, along with a couple other favorites that I have. But well, I you know what? 15 gram Ray Hall, but yeah, Connor Daly, like you said, is going to run in the 20 car for the road and street course races for Ed Carpenter. But in the mm -hmm. four ovals that he's not running because Ed Carpenter is going to run those, Connor Daly is going to then run with that Max Chilton car we were talking about for the Carlin Still number 59 confirmed, but well, we think that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So Max yeah. Chilton's going to be in the Carlin car to run the road and street courses. And then Connor Daly's going to run the other one. So Connor yeah. Daly will be running full time between two teams. So, mm -hmm. Hey man, that's still that's still something to to have, yeah. and that's great. And we're glad for Connor Daly to have at least a full time ride in every single race this year in IndyCar. But dude, Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm ready for IndyCar to get back to having the Indy 500 at the end of May, the mm -hmm. signal of the start of summer, like that day is for you and me normally. I yeah. don't think we're getting Monaco this year on that date. I don't know. 
I last year I think we weren't going to right before all this happened I think there was just something where it was before all the COVID stuff I think it was just off of the schedule they they moved the schedule around for some reason yeah. um we'll have to double check that on the nor, F1 group. you know bold take nor do I care I'm an F1 fan what? but I don't really care about Monaco what it's what just, are you talking it's a, about? It's a pageantry. It's I a pay am, slap. I am so it's, hurt. It's a glorified pay slap. It's I just am Monica. so hurt it's, by. I don't even want to. I, I mean, wanna, it's great. I don't visual. even want to look at it's, you to be it, honest with you. It's a great visual, but I mean, we're all race fans here. I mean, let's be honest. I don't even. It's no. just a parade. No, no, it's just a parade. Do I no. want to go to Monaco and see the parade? Absolutely. No. But do I sit there and go, "This is going to be the best race of the day"? Absolutely not. I didn't not. say it's going to be the best race of the day. Any, but what I am going to say is, is the seeing those the cars Coke go. Six, Coke 600 is the, best, the second oh, best race. God. And oh, God. down Vomit the road all over you. Is Vomit. Monaco. <laughs> Vomit. What is wrong with you? I agree with you. The Indy 500 is the best race of that day. No questions asked. Second best race of that day is Monaco. And here's why. Because last I checked, Ayrton Senna did not go around the Charlotte Oval. He did go around Monaco. Name any famous F1 driver. <laughs> yes, Kimi Raikkonen in his truck series. In his yes. perky jerky number 15. <laughs> do people Kyle remember? Bush, do people Kyle we, Bush toyota Thunder. Do people remember that, that Kimi Raikkonen had a moment in the truck he series? I hope so. one race career in NASCAR. <laughs> this is my holy grail of memorabilia. If anyone out there has race used sheet metal from that perky jerky truck, DM me, find me, <laughs> yeah. name your price. It is like, it is. What the, if you get a call and thing. it's Kimi Raikkonen who's like, yes, hello. I have, I have, I'm not going to yeah, do his accent, I but I'm saying the, like, I have yeah, it. The, I have, I have the, the sheet metal. metal you want. I'm, <laughs> I need funding for my <laughs> F1 team. Well, I mean, yeah. I can't, I'd have to sell a lot of houses, but um, you know, it is good market. Let's put it that way. So what? Uh, <laughs> we'll let's, I wonder what would get Robin Miller more mad over there at racer.com. Would that be because I don't know if you've read his column. I do every week and he has this mailbag column. Robin Miller's a longtime motorsports journalist and obviously he's forgotten more about motorsports than you or I will ever know. But he has this mailbag column every week. And it's always like every person who writes in is like, hello, yes, I'm a thousand years old. And you know what I liked when they used to hand crank the cars? Why don't they do that anymore? And it's just and then Robin Miller's like, well, you know, because they've got this uh, more advanced technology now, it's really wild anyway. And that's like his expert answer. And they have been so angry old man about the fact that Romain Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson are not going to run the they're not going to run the Indy 500. They are so mad that these guys are like Morgan when AJ Foyt would flip over, he'd spit tobacco out and say, "Let me flip again." And they just like, "If you're not lit on fire seven times in the IndyCar season, did you even race?" And it's just like, "Uh who these yeah, guys would, have millions of dollars. They don't even have to run in the IndyCar series and and you're mad at them cuz they're not going to like go possibly yeah. get their leg impaled by suspension equipment like or just the fact that like uh, there are the men and women. That's why Pippa Man comes back every year. It's why the, it's why Ed Carpenter comes back. It's why uh Buddy Lazier still comes back from time to time. There is maybe 60 human beings alive on this planet that are like Indy 500? Yeah, I'll do that. No fear. Well, it's not even no fear. A lot of those guys who do it and gals who do it have a reasonable and well-respected fear of that place. The difference is, for a lot of them, it's 
it's just well you know what for some people it is just i i i would never not like i would never not want to run this because it's part of the heritage of what i do and i'm an indycar driver and damn it there's pride in doing that when you're jimmy johnson i don't think it's necessarily that he's afraid of it but the, again these these the way these articles are written sometimes it's like well his stupid wife and it's like excuse me like they don't yeah. say that but that's the attitude and it's like no yeah. i don't i don't blame their families for saying hey we're we're okay with you still putting your life on the line in these races we just think the indy 500 maybe is a bit too much i don't yeah. blame anyone for making that decision because it is it's insane yeah. how fast they go around there Quick. and how flat that track is and if you make one little mistake or if someone else makes it you saw like we said with scott dixon he he was Quick. he was inches yeah. away from having his i don't know what yeah. would happen that's why they have to have the halo because if they didn't I mean, if, if they did, it wouldn't have been a problem, but he didn't yeah. on that race and it could have right. been his life. So, yeah. And real quick, uh, the real quick clarification, there are probably a, a good thousand or so sprint car drivers, uh, maybe well, 500 sprint car drivers that would be fine with like, oh yeah, totally. Any 500. I do that. I do we're that talking about the people who have the ability to get a yes, ride the money, the and, funding. and the funding yes. to do it and, and, and have to go around Indy. And, and well, and, and I'm sure a lot of sprint car guys have that skill. It's just like we saw with Brian Clawson, who sadly lost his life in a midget accident, not even in yeah. an Indy car accident. He ran the Indy 500 m multiple times. And, you know, again, there are plenty of guys who I know could get in there and do it. It's just getting the funding, getting someone to believe in you and then also saying, yeah, and I want to go do that. Jimmy Johnson has the funding. I don't I don't blame Jimmy Johnson for saying that's a that's a risk a risk I don't need. I have Jimmy Johnson started his career at Watkins Glen. I mean, <laughs> looking like a missile. Does anybody remember that? I mean, I, I know many people yeah. do. It's been shown a million times. Like, are we going to say this guy has fear? Like, what are we talking no. about? It's yeah, it's he, a he went on to win seven championships. It's a calculation right. of risk. Yeah. Is it worth it for a guy worth millions of dollars? And maybe it will be. Maybe we'll see him do it next year. But I don't blame anybody for not just, doing maybe he it. Needs That's to all. See the data. Maybe he needs to go in and see the the week. And I mean, he's he's going to be there as a consultant the whole week. And I'm quite mm -hmm. sure by the end of it, he will probably be at a point where he says, "I want to do it." But yeah, again, yeah, Roman. They're literally in this column, Derek. You have to read it because there's literally a part where they're ripping Romain Grosjean. Like, well, I get that he just almost was lit on fire, but you know, real racers used to get lit yeah. on fire. The next day, they were working on their car have, and back in. Have the, you? And it's like have you seen? It's not. He had millions you, of dollars. What are you talking about? Have you seen the comparison of Nicky Lauda and Romain Grosjean? I've not I mean, seen it. it. Is, it is crazy. It shows their both of their burned up helmets from their accidents. And then a picture of Nicky Lauda with his skin grafts and stuff after his at a press conference. And then Romain Grosjean walking around with a bandage on his hand. Yeah. It's insane. The amount of technology. That's well, come and that that's, the, you know, what though, it's the same stupid thing. Like the people who make those arguments to like, these guys should be thrilled to risk their lives so I can watch it. It's like, well, number one, you don't risk your life to do this. So I'm never going to tell someone else what they should or should not do. But also like, those arguments tend to be like, you, you're you not a real man. Just like the arguments that were made around the time when guys were dying at New Hampshire in the Cup Series and, yep. in the, and in the, you know, Bush Series, Xfinity Series now, right? Like Adam Petty and Kenny Irwin. And, you know, part of the issue, one of the issues was having safer barriers. They didn't have yep. those back then. Angle of impact. And all Angle that of stuff. impact, right. The other of that was, you know, open face helmets were still widely used in that era. And you had a the lot of drivers. Device. 
You, yeah. Well, yeah, and they wouldn't use the Hans device. Like, you had a lot of drivers who refused to use Dale Earnhardt Sr., sadly, refused all those things. Wasn't a fan of the Hans device, wasn't a fan of the closed face helmet, and wasn't a fan of safer barriers. Unfortunately, if we had all three of those things, we might still have Dale Earnhardt Sr. That's So what I'm yeah. saying is this whole, like, are you tough enough to race? Well, are, are you know, I don't, yeah, you're tough enough if you strap yourself into a race car. It's most of the people who make these criticisms have never done it. I will hear it from the racers who have these criticisms because at least they do it. But the ones who are just sitting around, no, I, sorry, I have no time for that. All right, switching gears, a little bit of news from the truck series, which I found very interesting. Did you see that, uh, Stuart Friesen and his wife, Jessica, they are both going to attempt the Bristol truck dirt race, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so Stuart Friesen comes from the world of dirt modifieds, like the big block dirt modifieds up in the Northeast. Jessica also runs those races. I believe she's also run sprint cars as well. In fact, I know she has we'll talk about that in a second. Anyway. Um, so how Friesen racing has announced that Jessica will join them and she will run a separate truck, the number 62 Toyota Tundra and try to make the field for that March 27th Bristol dirt race coming up in about two weeks. Uh, Stuart Friesen obviously runs the 52. So you might think, well, hey, is that the first time husband and wife have ever run in the same NASCAR race? The answer is not even close. Really? Not even close. Are you aware of how many times Elton Sawyer, who you remember, right? Elton Sawyer and Patty Moyes were like the first couple that did this regularly where Patty Moyes was often uh, in the uh, now Xfinity series, the Bush series. She ran against Elton Sawyer, who ran many years in that series as well. Um, They're both drivers. They're both racers. And she and he both in the 90s raced each other 58 times times in the bush grand national series Hmm. 58 times they ran together (laughs) and of course we also know like danica patrick and ricky stenhouse were dating when they were in the cup series together so but like you know so like actual husband and wife have run together and it happened 30 years ago isn't that crazy oh my gosh like that's that's insane especially 30 years ago that timing i mean yeah i remember the name patty Moyes. yeah and she ran ran, i didn't know she uh, she had a thing for old Elton Sawyer there. Yeah, they were married uh, <laughs> when they ran against each other in that series. And it's cool now because I also, do you know what Elton Sawyer's doing right now? No. Well, I shouldn't say what he's doing right now. What he was doing as of 2013, uh, when I was reading an article about this earlier this week, he was the t- uh, director of race team operations for Action Express Racing. In the Ooh. IMSA, or well, in the Grand Am series back then, but now in IMSA. Well, that's cool. So here's what he's doing. He's currently the vice president officiating and technical inspection of this little series called NASCAR. So, yep. Oh, if you, that's if, right. If you enjoy the dance party that you see when they do the inspection, that's that's all him. That's that's, that's what he's up him. to. So there you go. Maybe we maybe we shouldn't get him on, and maybe we just still keep trying. <laughs> no, to No, I'd still like to talk to him. Try I'd to figure to out why he's Scott Speed's father. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, we never got Lake Speed on after that. Sorry to say. But anyway, very cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to Bristol Dirt. We'll have more to say about that in the coming weeks. But I thought that was a nice little note. Um, For those who are not aware of the Jessica Friesen history, um, (laughs) Jessica used to date a guy named Tony Stewart. They broke up. Then she started dating and then eventually married Stuart Friesen, right? 
Um, unfortunately, in that incident where uh, Tony Stewart hit, was it Kevin Ward? Was that his name? That was the sprint yeah, car driver? Yeah. yeah. In that incident, what you may not remember is that Jessica Friesen was actually racing in that race as a sprint car driver. She was behind that incident. She saw it from behind. So when Kevin Ward's family tried to sue Tony Stewart, she testified and Stuart Friesen and her were both. I remember on ESPN, they were on sports center talking about this, um, that Tony Stewart did it on purpose or that he, he made a move towards Kevin Ward and all that stuff. And, you know, other people in the track disputed that. But mm. what I'm saying is the Friesens were very much on the side of Tony Stewart meant to do that. And so I always thought it was weird when Stuart Friesen would run well at Eldora during the truck race. I was like, man, that's going to be awkward if Tony Stewart. Now, maybe they've since patched things up. I have no idea. But yeah, I don't know. Someone accuses you of, you know, manslaughter at the very least yeah. purposeful manslaughter like. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever I don't know if I'd be willing to easily forget that. But anyway, that's the history of Jessica Friesen, Stuart Friesen, Tony Stewart. Now, you know, now we mm -hmm. can move on. Yep. We, we promised you some World of Outlaws discussion and we are going to do yes. that. So let's talk about it, man, because they uh, they went out to the Rev, uh, which is a track in. Is that in Missouri, Monroe, Louisiana? Oh, Louisiana. That one's in Louisiana. OK, I'm yep. sorry. I know they were in Mississippi yep. and they were in Louisiana. So, OK. It, that it's one, not the rev for revolutions of the motor engine. It's the rev for reverend as far as there's to be some reverence for this track because it put on that much of a show. Yeah, on it was Saturday, a, it March was a great show. It was a great show. David Gravel won it. Brad Sweet was second. But those two, they had such a great battle that when David Gravel pulled into victory lane before he even did his interview, he put his hat on and all that stuff. And then he ran over to uh, Brad Sweet's car and gave him a big high five and said that was a great race and. Very cool to see yeah. the respect between those two guys who are obviously two of the best that do this. Brad Sweet, you know, has, has you know been a champion, and David Gravel yeah. obviously is is same deal. So these guys are amazing drivers. But that was a hell of a race for sure. Donnie Schatz, yeah. by the way, was finishing third in that race for what it's worth. Yeah, and and also too, I mean, that the sprint car community uh, was really enjoying that race at the Rev. Uh, Craig Mintz, who's a local, I say local 410 sprint car driver. He's an Ohio 410 uh, sprint car driver. He's an Ohio sport, part, yeah. yeah, 410 sprint car driver who kicks ass, by the way. Um, but he put on Facebook, he put slick tracks don't produce don't produce great racing, right? No, oh. not at all. What a show. <laughs> that I mean, track was, was like, insane. You're right. And you know what? Yeah. Dude, it was really odd watching that as an Ohio dirt racing fan because I'm watching it and I'm like, this is a hell of a show and I can see every bit of the race and i don't have to look through like a cloud of dust it was amazing it was really yeah. fun to see yeah, but i mean it was it was slick and rubbered in and i mean it was uh, it was still it great was racing a, i don't know what they did to that great, track but i i think in someone else another sprint car driver posted in that same post like hey i'm all fine for a slick main but a slick hot lap that's where it's a little crazy i don't want to ice rank for a hot lap well true which enough is, which yeah. is true yeah yeah that's um, but yeah, but man, I, I just it, it's great to see uh, the outlaws out and out and running all across the country. Well, here's the and thing, man. So David Gravel continued a streak. Do you know about the streak? No, that me. is now Let six me. straight races to start this season in the world of outlaws with different winners each night. Yes, that is true. Sheldon Hodgshield, like fourteen, like full time drivers. That's 
pretty but yeah right streak. i mean almost half the field has won a race in the first six races and when are of the full-time guys that's that's pretty impressive right mm-hmm. so sheldon Hodenshield, he won the night before which was great to see him but also casey kane ran really well in both these these runs he was there uh he yep. earned his first outlaw top five since 2002 with mm-hmm. a 23rd to fifth place run at the magnolia track or was not magnolia that was the one they went to, yeah, it was Magnolia. That was in Mississippi. All right. So, yeah, that's that's where Sheldon got his win. So, if you are into the world of Outlaws right now, I think you're you're seeing some of the best racing we have ever seen in that series. Mm-hmm. And I certainly think it's some of the best racing going on right now anywhere in on the planet. So Yeah. And, I mean, the thing that's cool, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is not, I'm not meaning to say that 10,000 is, is chump change. It's not. But realizing that they put this show on, and David Gravel made and ended up netting four thousand more dollars than Brad Sweet, who walked away with six thousand after that race. I mean, it's just so cool that like they're they're making a show so amazing, and it's able to be affordable for fans to go out and see. It's able to be you know sustainable because yeah. it's in a it, it, yeah. It's just like I love their. It, it, it's also cool to kind of see Casey Kane's number next to a twenty three hundred dollar check, like. <laughs> Yeah, right. It like is kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, he would. Finish it's also cool to see the can. number on the check, just because we never get to see that in NASCAR anymore. We don't I know, know how much but, they I mean, win. Back in the day, you see a fifteenth place at Kansas get two hundred thirty thousand dollars check. Yeah, I mean, it's no just, kidding. It's a different no different time, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, it's, but that's what makes it cool, man. It's grassroots. Yeah. It's fun, and obviously, yeah. these guys they wouldn't do it if it wasn't worth it to them for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you hey, got man. you got a lot of good, a lot of good racing going on right now in the world of outlaws. And by the way, we talked about it. Uh, when we talked with some of our sprint car guys, we're actually going to have another sprint car guest coming up for you later this week. Stick around for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but the World of Outlaws Bristol Throwdown coming up in the end of April, April yeah. 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be multiple nights of racing at Bristol. And the speed should be insane. 25000 payout for the winner on April 24th with a 25-lap mm-hmm. World of Outlaws sprint car feature race. That's going to be a blast. Honestly... If I had a chance, I don't think I will. If I had a chance to get down to Bristol to watch any of the action going on in the dirt in the next month, I would go to the World of Outlaws show over yeah. the over the Cup Series. I mean, I, even though the Cup Series is going to be historic and all that stuff, and that's fine, historic and all that stuff. But if you want to watch racing, <laughs> <laughs> well, on the dirt, yeah. I mean, the Cup yeah, guys put a good show outlaws. on on Bristol. It's yeah. just, I mean, probably on the dirt. Best, oh, I have no idea what the hell that's going to look that's like. Best suit, or probably the series that's going to be putting on best show probably going to be the dirt lay models but as far as well that's true too because, they, i mean they're kind they of looked really good in the like testing that. i've been watching some yeah. of the testing if by the way if you don't follow bristol on facebook uh they've been doing facebook live whenever there's been testing there so i've watched a lot of the late models going around that track and it looks pretty cool man i i yeah. can't be- i can't believe it's it's weird seeing it because the track's different now than when they raced it last time on dirt but Man, it's something. It is something to see what those truck cars are doing. I can't wait to see what the sprint cars look like, even though it's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's well, gonna be so crazy. The snow and the rain stays away. That's yeah. the big uh absolutely big factor there. Absolutely. All right, couple things here we'll get out of here. Um, do not forget. I, I saw some people complaining. I couldn't believe this. Saw some people complaining about the ticket prices for Sebring this weekend, saying seventy dollars. I don't know. That's a lot of money. Seventy dollars is a lot of money. Not everybody can afford it. I get that. But if you're talking about how much it costs to go to a race, you get 12 hours of racing at Sebring for $70. What are we talking about? Like, I've never heard someone complain about IMSA ticket prices. I don't understand no. that. I mean, it, 
You're you get to go watch. I, I would pay seventy dollars just go stand and look at a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a, a couple Porsches, right? Like I just to stand there and look at them, let alone watch them start up and run around a track for a few minutes. And then with I get pro, to watch them prototypes. for 12 hours do that mm-hmm. with the best drivers in the world in these cars or some of the best drivers in the world in these cars. And like you said, yes, five classes of racing. What are we 12 hours of that? What are we talking about? Yes, that's worth the money. I can't believe oh, people and think you, that. And but, they do have practice and they do have all those. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you can watch all that stuff, too. And it's, can, I think it's you know, for the whole weekend. It's 120 bucks. The I, entire I mean, weekend. It's 120 bucks. And I guarantee about? you part of that money. You can definitely roam around and meet the drivers. Oh, like, you're not like, yeah, well, for sure. With COVID, with the bubble, there might be that whole thing. But yeah, um, but if it wasn't for that, you would definitely be able to meet drivers. Yeah, you'd be definitely. I mean, it's see, just like, yeah. I mean, what do you what do you want here? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's it's great, man. It's really great. Also, so IMSA, that's this weekend. You got 12 hours of Sebring. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then NASCAR goes to one of, in my mind, their best tracks, trucks, Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, all at Atlanta. And don't forget, they are talking about repaving and reprofiling the Atlanta Speedway, okay? They are mm-hmm. talking about, Marcus Smith has said this, Speedway Motorsports President and CEO, they want to bring in a billion-dollar casino and entertainment cl- complex built next to the track uh, in Hampton, Georgia. And so they haven't, they haven't officially done that yet, as far as I know, but they want to. Mm-hmm. But they have said, and Dale Jr. has said, if they do this reconfiguration of Atlanta, they would bring it back to its old configuration, which its old configuration is more of a homestead shape. That's what Atlanta used to be. Like when you and I were little kids, that's what Atlanta was. They redid it in 1997 into a quad oval, which is what you've got at Charlotte and Texas and all these other tracks. But mm. that is that before they did that, it was just a like paperclip more or less just a big one like homestead mm. dale jr has said that's what they need to do when they go back so all i'm saying is whenever they go to repave this track it's going to be different probably going to be good mm-hmm. but if you like atlanta as it currently is get your ass to the track and go check yeah. it out because i'm i'm really debating if i don't go now i'm, I'm probably going to go in the summer because i think they go back there in june or july I got to yeah. go for one of those it's, weekends. I mean, it's one of those things we got to sit here, here and chart out. Okay, what can we do and what races are we going to see? <laughs> I and know. That's, well, that's what I hope everyone's going to do. I mean, I think we're all vaccinated by May. That's the plan. So, or anyone that wants one can get one. So yeah. I hope you guys are making the decisions and and, and getting that out there. And, and we'll be back to normal and, and being fools at the track in no time. Yep. Yep, absolutely right. Well, I can't wait for it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We will have another podcast up before the weekend with a special guest. So stick around for that. And of course, we'll have a bigger preview of the Atlanta racing. Till then, stay safe and stay staggered.